Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us once again. You are listening to A Little Off Topic, one agency's water cooler chat on digital marketing, business, and all the things that get in the way presented by Speak Creative. Well, this week we are getting 2021 rolling with an episode dedicated to one of the most widely used channels for reaching customers, and that's email marketing. I'm sure many folks listening to this receive far more emails than they'd like to, but today we're going to talk about how to stand out in your audience's inbox with this highly effective marketing tactic. My name is David Caffey. I'm Speak's Digital Marketing Manager and the host of A Little Off Topic. Joining me this week and every week is Speak's VP Leadership Team. Kendra Finson is VP of Client Partnerships. In addition, we have our duo of Matts. First is Matt Roberts, VP of Marketing and Sales. And last but not least, we have Matt Irvin, VP of Creative Services. In past episodes, we've brought you some bad examples of email marketing. So today we'll start off the show with some examples of email that we feel is powerful and effective. From there, we'll talk about some tips and best practices for planning email campaigns. And finally, we'll share some brands and organizations that we feel are the best in class in this medium. So great chat today. If you're considering investing in email in 2021, this is the episode for you. As always, we thank you for taking the time to listen to our show today, and I hope you enjoy today's episode of A Little Off Topic. Electronic mail. Sounds like something out of science fiction, but it's here to stay. Uh, but yeah, it's one of the most widely uh, adopted marketing channels. And we've talked in the past about how not to do email, but today we're going to change our course and talk about the right way to do email and the, how powerful it can be from your reaching your audience. Uh, so let's get right to it. As I've said, we've talked about bad email marketing before, but email is definitely a powerful tool. Uh, why do you think that is? Well, I know that Irvin will jump in and be a little bit of a hater of email, so I'll, I'll stick to answering your question. Um, I have often said that I think the way things are going, people are looking for that personal outreach, and I think that email does that. I think it allows people to consume it on their own time. It's a little bit asynchronous, um, but they are it's active, so... It's not I'm scrolling through my news feed and happen to see something or happen to be driving by a billboard. It's you have to take the intention to click on it and consume it. And so I think it's effective if you can get that click. It's one of the most active forms of advertising you can offer. Yeah. And uh, when you actually said active, I actually thought uh, you're were, you were kind of going in a different direction there. But um, the thing that came to mind for me is, you know, part of building a really great marketing strategy is, you know, there's uh, kind of the inbound principles of trying to get people in, engaged with, with you and your brand. Um, but there is, uh, you know, you're, you're missing opportunities if you're not doing um, some outreach as well. And, um, you know, email can be a part of that. Of course, it can be a part of an inbound strategy as well. But um, I guess my, my, broader kind of why it's effective is uh, for for at least a lot of us uh, who work with um, you know other professional organizations I mean email is in front of each of us kind of all day long um, and it, it, it's just a, a really easy way to get in front of someone um, you know folks you know are, are checking email they're engaging um, so, you know, I'm sure we'll get into kind of the construction of it all and, and kind of some, some tactics around it. But I mean, if you can do that well, if you can, uh, give somebody a reason to, to click, 
uh, or to tap on an email, uh, you have a really great shot at, at getting some valuable messaging across. Um, so it's, it's certainly an effective tool. And uh, I know it's effective for us and it's uh, effective for our clients. Um, it's not always the first thing that gets brought up, but it is, it is a really great tool. So I, have, I have a question. Um, obviously, I'm the, the odd man out on email, at least a little bit. Okay, for, because we clarified this in, yeah. in the pre-show, <laughs> I feel like we need to clarify that uh, Irvin is trying out some for the next of... Lego Batman movie. <laughs> yeah, that's even better. All right, yeah. go ahead. What's your some question? kind of some kind of disruption in my upper respiratory system? It's wonderful. Uh, so anyway, my question was, um, in my mind, email as a marketing avenue seems to be, I would say, it, it's more effective on me at the retail level than it is at the business to business level. Um, you guys who are much more, uh, have a lot more expertise in this, in this type of thing than I do. What do you, what do you think about that? Am I wrong? Is it just me? Am I curmudgeon? No, I agree. I think on the B2C side of things, that's where it's most effective. Um, speaking personally, I mean, I will much quicker delete a sales email out of my work inbox. Whereas like when I check my personal email, it's because I'm there to check my personal email. It's not that I'm clearing it out throughout the day, maybe at work. And so I'm much more intentional about like interacting with emails in my personal inbox. And I think that that's just the nature of the messaging. Um, I know that it, they're not trying to actively set up a call to sell me something or, you know, <laughs> the, the pitch isn't as hard when it's to the consumer. It's much more content driven it, than it's a smaller ask. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I would definitely say that it's more effective in a B2C format than B2B. Not that it can't be done that we don't have success in it, but it, yeah, it, it's a smaller ask. Yeah. I I I concede the point that B2C email is generally more effective, um, but I do think it is still super effective. Super is a, a good descriptor, right? <laughs> it's universal. Uh, <laughs> it is, uh, it can be uh, very effective for B2B uh, companies as well. Uh, and and kind of the, the use case that I talked through with clients sometimes is you know b2c emails are, are are relatively easy because if somebody has subscribed to uh you know you as a consumer facing company what they're hoping to get is emails with with discounts with offers with things that um you know you you've basically said hey i already value your brand in some way and i'm hoping that you're going to give me something at some point along the way and i'm going to I'm going to take advantage of it. Um, like Kathy with his pizza sweatshirt. Um, the thing I think that B2C email marketing gets right is that they focus way more on the data and who they're sending the emails to. They segment a lot deeper, I think, on a um, to the consumer path yeah. than... A business path because I think when you're targeting for business not that you can't segment but it's really easy to say like I'm going for this industry and you're focused on the industry message and maybe not whose inbox it's ending up in versus yeah uh, a store goes to you know 
women with kids or, you mm-hmm. know, I think the data is just better on the consumer end. The reason someone would engage with a B2B email is very different. You know, they're, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if, if you're someone sending a, an email from a company that's, you know, selling to other companies and you're, you're mass emailing coupons and discounts, like you're, you're doing it wrong, man. Um, <laughs> You know, someone who is emailing, uh, you know, doing email marketing in a good way uh, from a company who sells to other companies, um, I think the the folks who are, at least a segment of folks who are the most successful at that are uh, providing really good content and, and thought leadership. Um, so, you know, they're providing insights that their customers would appreciate and whether that's because of their position in the market they're able to talk about trends that um you know an individual company might not be able to to you know to 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 see all that information or digest it or or understand kind of how how other folks in the in that industry are performing um you know there's there are lots of really great ways to make b2b email marketing uh, really effective, um, but it's it's higher up the funnel. I mean, it's you're you're not you're not trying to get somebody to a transaction. You're trying to um, create an impression of your brand. Um, so it's it's much more of a top of funnel kind of middle of funnel, um, you know, uh, pursuit than it is you know trying to get somebody to to jump on your latest offer or something like that. And I think people know that, but I mean, I think it's worth saying. Um, that that's where your kind of best email marketing is if you're doing B2B email. Yeah, the, the other point about B2C email too um, that I thought of what Kendra was making an excellent point is that uh, statistically it's just different. Um, there are a lot more women with children than there are um, people who marketing are making managers. business decisions about new products that they're going to, companies going to spend thousands of dollars a year on. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, there's just different mindsets, again, when you're checking a personal email versus work email, Uh, there's different budgets, there's different things that are at stake um, when you're dealing with a a sales email at work Mm -hmm. versus like, oh, I can buy a pair of jeans for really cheap. Yeah. I mean, it it does strike me, obviously, that, you know, the value and again, it's, it's maybe worth saying that I think people already get this already, but, um, you know, the value of a transaction in, in, in both instances are very different. You know, the value of, of an old Navy email, um, you know, trying to get me to earn some super cash or whatever it is, uh, (laughs) you know, they're, they're going to try to sell you a $30 pair of jeans and they're making some margin on that. And, you know, a, a B2B, uh, email uh, that has, you know, goes out to a much smaller list, uh, you know, a single transaction can justify, you know, that entire organization's marketing budget in some instances, mm-hmm. you know, for the next year. So, you know, it, there's always a, you know, re- the return on investment and, you know, what's worth doing and, and how to get people to the right place. So one thing, like a thing we say a lot about email marketing is that it's it's powerful when it's done right. Um, I think we've touched on it a little bit already, but what does doing email right mean to you guys? And I'll, I'll actually, I'm going to start this one uh, because actually this is all I used to do before I speak for 
my last job was email marketing. And um, I, what the thing that I remember the most about the kind of process it was for a kind of a, it was a retail chain. It was na national and our process, the, the amount of time and effort and money spent was not on the messaging and the layout and the design of the email, but it was on the segmentation and the list and pulling the list and doing tests to make sure we're sitting at the right time and that sort of thing. So I, I think when email done right, like is all about the prep work and the planning um, for example, like we were sending targeting uh, people that worked in hair salons and they weren't really checking email. Like our, our best open rates were at 11 o'clock at night because you're not in front of, you know, when you're in that world, you're not really in front of a computer, really not even checking your phone. You're really busy. You're on your feet all day. So, you know, the, the, the prep work and the planning and understanding your audience is like 90% of it compared to the actual messaging of the email. And I think yeah. that's what getting it right means doing it everything on the front end correctly. Yeah, I agree. I think that when we're doing an email strategy for a company, it's really, really uh, easy to be like, we just need to get the first email out. Like we just need to press go. And that's usually where I pump the brakes and really want the end game in mind um, before that first email ever goes out. What happens if they don't open it? Do we take them down path A or path B? What happens if they open it, but then don't click anything? Like it's a choose your own adventure strategy that has to be developed because um, we have that data, that segmentation data. And if we're not using it, then we can't expect great results. It's hard to make yourself slow down and go through those first steps um, because, you know, ostensibly, if you're going through that process, uh, you're, you're behind the times because you should have already been doing all this already. Um, and so there is a certain amount of just psychology to telling yourself that if we take the time to do this right, it's going to be more effective and we're going to have a better shot of, of creating a positive impression um, right out of the gate. Um, so I, I think those are, those are points well taken. I, I do think that they're obviously uh, you can get kind of paralyzed by the complexity of trying to get your audience segment just right. So there is a, you know, a testing component um, that, that you can only really kind of get to um, by seeing how people behave and interact. But that's where those uh, follow-up emails and follow-up actions and using a platform that supports that type of behavior to say, okay, if they didn't open the email, send another email you know, a week from now that has uh, a different subject line or, or, you know, approaches it from a different angle so that maybe, maybe we missed them on the first try, but we can, we can get them on the second try. Um, or if they open and don't click, you know, let's do this other type of email that maybe has completely different content. Maybe it's not an offer. Maybe it's somebody who needs to know more about our story as a company. They want to connect with, you know, what we're doing in the world and how that's important and, and kind of, um, you know, again, give people uh, lots of different ways to engage you. Uh, you just need a platform to support a lot of those, a lot of those components. Yeah. As far as like business emails, there are some best practices that just haven't changed over the years. Um, I don't think it's smart to send an email Monday morning or Friday afternoon if you're doing B2B emails, just because people are either um, ramping up their week and are not going to pay attention to you or are exhausted from their week and are not going to pay attention to you. Mm -hmm. um, there's lots of, I guess, best practices that we do follow. But if you're a retail store, um, you know, 
Monday sales, Friday sales, like those are applicable. And so just understanding where your audience is and how the message can best catch them at the right time and the right day, all of that stuff is somewhat standard, um, replicable at least. For sure. Well, and that's where you, you really have to do the work of even after you have, you know, thought through your strategy and put it together and, and begun to execute it, you've got to look at the data that you're getting back and, and help that, let that inform how your specific audiences um, behave. Uh, because if, you know, just because we say, you're, you know, your best time to, to reach somebody is on this day between these hours, um, you know, until you actually start to see how people engage, you don't, you don't actually know that that's absolutely true. So make, be willing to look at data and uh, make adjustments along the way. So if someone listening is planning a email marketing campaign as part of their 2021 marketing strategy, uh, what advice would you offer? Or what tips and tricks would you include in such a strategy? Emojis in the subject line, right? Oh, man. <laughs> All of the emojis. Um, I, well, I think provider is really important, Matt. You kind of touched on that, but um, understand your limitations and that of your team and then look for an email provider that can meet that. So if it's, um, you know, if you have designers who can custom code templates, then great, go with somewhere where you can do that. But if you need to rely on drag and drop or um, maybe need to get with an agency to design some templates. I think understanding your limitations and finding the right provider is really important, um, as well as your list size. I know like MailChimp's a really great uh, resource for smaller mail lists, but then their pricing goes up pretty significantly once you reach certain thresholds. So just selecting the right provider is really the first step. I think uh, if I were to give advice about creating email for email marketing, um, I would say number one, keep it short, um, especially if you're, if your intent is more along the lines of trying to encourage a transaction or an engagement. Um, obviously if you're sending more like a, you know, a small newsletter or something, then it can be longer. But if, if your intent is to, is to try to get me to respond, um, it's gotta be fast. I gotta be able to read it and see if it's something I'm interested in or not. And that's, that's really true for, uh, business to business or retail based. Um, if it's retail based, I need, you know, put the hook right up front. Am I going to get this pair of jeans for seven bucks? Cause if that's the case, I'm probably going to buy them. Um, but if it's, if it's business, I need to, I need to understand why you're offering me something that's going to, uh, make things better for me in some way or my team. Yeah. Along the line of where can I click to buy those jeans? Um, a step that's often, misplaced is just the QA of the email. I mean, <laughs> at least once a week, I feel like I get an oops email as a follow-up to a previous email from brands um, that didn't link right, or, you know, the link was broken or the website went down or something. So QA in so, your email. Please. Sometimes I think that's a tactic. I don't think always, but I, I believe. <laughs> You're so cynical. <laughs> we should, we should try that. Can we try that? Oh, oops. You don't, sorry. You don't think that needs to have this happen? Yeah. Well, well I, I, cer know I certainly think up. it has happened, but yeah. I, yeah, I, I, bet I don't know that I believe rate, that it's. I bet sorry, the open rate of the oops email is much higher. So I bet I'll it is too. Yeah, because yeah, you want to read, oh, how did they screw up? Yeah. I didn't even read the email. I just want to know how they screwed up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
Um, There's my suggestion. Okay. Wow. Oops. Emails. Get your open rate up. When you said QA, it made me think um, about just testing, uh, ensuring that your emails look good on mobile. Um, again, that goes back to the, the platform choice because a lot of platforms will will simplify that for you these days. Um, but it's still not a guarantee. So you need to you need to send a test, look at it, you know, on your on your phone, uh, and you know, preferably if you got a group of folks that you're working with, um, just have them pull up because email browsers um, are not like web browsers where there's kind of a at least a minimum set of standards of how code is supposed to behave. Um, Gmail behaves very differently than Outlook, which behaves very differently than you know whatever else it is um uh on somebody's device i don't even know that you can get outlook on the device oh yeah you can but, you can get it on your okay on right. your ios device yeah Good i get know. emails from a certain customer that always says sent from my ios outlook uh outlook for ios yeah every time I'm um, like, why would you do that <laughs> so you know all, all that being said just make sure you're you're testing uh, your emails and and just giving it a good look on all devices. I mean that's just generally best practice. Um, we've kind of hinted at it already, but I mean, subject lines matter. Um, oh yeah. I don't have any. I mean, I'm sure we each have different philosophies of what works and doesn't work on on subject lines, but I mean, it, it is largely. Uh, the reason that somebody would choose to click or not on an email. So you certainly need to be thinking about it. Um, and even more importantly, uh, looking at uh, different subject line uses that you've had and trying to trying to figure out like, are there patterns? So look at your data, look at your open rates and, and try to draw conclusions because um, you're, you're actually able to see how people behave. Yeah, there's some practical takeaways there too. I mean, using free, using ex too many exclamation points, asterisks, those kind of things will get you flagged as spam. And so again, there's some best practices we know to follow, but I think that puns, like they're on the same line of emojis. I feel like if I get the right kind of pun, um, it's cute, but business to business emails with puns, like they go to my trash can so quick. So I think so, you have to use them sparingly. How, how many exclamation points is enough? Zero. Oh. oh. <laughs> I mean, I would oh. just avoid them all over the place. <laughs> Oops, oh, I sent out an email with too many exclamation points. See? <laughs> that that will be flagged for sure. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, getting a, an email with a pun in it from like a service provider or a SaaS product, like I kind of roll my eyes, whereas there's a tea company in Memphis we work with, my cup of tea. I got an email this morning that was, um, you, you have to chai these. And it was an email about chai tea um, and the puns. They just do such a good job and that endears themselves to me uh, way better than the hub spots of the world. It's really funny that you mentioned that because I actually thought, oh, that's that's actually kind of clever. That was fun because yeah. you're telling me what you're offering me, which is great. Also, if I got an email from my cup of tea, I'm reading no matter what. Like that's, that's an true. organization that I just, they're just awesome. 
But if we look at the content of those emails, and I can because I do look at the content of those emails, I mean, they, it's great content. Like, I want to open it because I know I'm going to find something worth my time. Yeah. So, yeah. So the, the two, the things that each of you just said, good points, each of you. Um, I hope we're keeping score. <laughs> um, but the things that, that you just, that each of you just kind of said, it boiled down to, you know, you being willing to kind of attach yourself to a brand in a way that, says, Hey, if, you know, if they send me an email, I'm reading it. Um, because they have really good content or I believe in what they're doing as an organization or, you know, the products are great or whatever. In the case of my cup of tea, all those things are true. So other than exclamation points and too many puns, is there anything else that you guys would say an organization planning an email campaign should completely avoid? Yes. Click on every link. Don't call your website provider and say, we just sent out an email to 10,000 people and the link is wrong. Can you fix it? We can't in most cases. Some cases we can't. That's one um, that happens, for sure. That happens a few times a year. That's not hyperbole. That no, no, it does happen. Uh, the other one is if you're not sure you're going to get the personalization right, don't do it. Like when I get an email that's addressed to somebody other than me that says, dear Jacob, that like, it's gone. <laughs> yeah. That's when they send the oops email later. Sorry, oops. we got your name wrong. Jacob, we sent you something incorrectly before. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you another one. Um, and this is, this is true in anything web related, whether it's email or websites. Uh, I, I tell my team that pragmatism is my religion and it, it really is, uh, especially when you're talking about technical stuff. So don't make it more complicated than it has to be, because if you do, something's going to not work. And that's where the, the comment about the personalization came from. If personalization adds a great deal to it, then go for it. But if it doesn't, then why add the complexity? Well, you said personalization in another frame, but the thing that I would avoid doing is not being personable. Um, said another way, I think that like... <laughs> getting an email from a robot or a machine is not exciting. So, you know, find a voice and go with it in your email. I think that that's um, good advice, but I know we're talking about things not to do. <laughs> so I think we've listed my cup of tea as a contender here, but if there was only one organization you could get emails from for the rest of your life, uh, whose are you keeping? And this is a different way of asking uh, who out there do you guys think is doing email marketing, right? What brands or, companies have you encountered that are good examples of correct email marketing? Mm, I have a couple answers for this and I'll just use my personal email inbox. Give you guys a peek inside. Um, always open Kate Spade emails. I don't, I think I have one Kate Spade bag, but her emails always use like some animation or um, something fun. They have really cute subject lines. So I always open those. Um, and then nonprofits for some reason always get me. Um, and I like when nonprofits aren't always there with the heartstring story, but pull it out when necessary. Um, I like just hearing, you know, the good they're doing, the progress they're making, that sort of thing. So I find myself opening nonprofit emails really frequently. I don't know that I could pick one. Um, I will say that I am really judicious about 
unsubscribing from things. Like as soon as it comes in, if I don't, if I know I don't want it to get unsubscribe. Um, mm -hmm. So that said, I do keep, I do uh, stay subscribed to um, uh, how to barbecue right emails. I get emails from Malcolm, um, which I look at those every time they come in. If it's something I've never done or I'm interested in, then I read it the whole thing. Um, so that would be one. I get emails from Woot, which is Amazon's like fire sale deal kind of company um, or closeouts. And I look at that every day, like, because there may be something in there that is going to be really, really cheap. And if I act now, I can get it. I think, I think those are probably the two <laughs> that I would keep the most, or that I would definitely keep. Um, and then I get other stuff like uh, there's the, the acoustic blues Institute. This guy sends out like a demo guitar video every, every Tuesday. And I, I, I like those too. I don't have somebody that I just immediately comes to mind as like uh, my, if I could only get email marketing from one brand ever going forward. <laughs> um, this is more personal. This is much more personal probably than, than the question was intending, but um, probably it's going to be Arsenal, the, the soccer team. <laughs> Yeah. What, what do they send you? I mean, it's all about like latest news, what's going on with the team, uh, what the up, what the upcoming match looks like, where they're playing. Um, they also have uh, branded gear. They just uh, signed a contract with Adidas about a year and a half ago. So they've got some pretty awesome gear that I'm actually really excited about. Uh, there was a bunch of Arsenal stuff on my Christmas list this year. <laughs> Um, I wish I had a better answer than that, but that's probably, it. I think that's a pretty Honestly. good answer. Well, the yeah. interesting thing is, is like, so all of our answers were so completely different, but that is the point is that they all are deeply mm. personal to us. So yeah, I think, you know, if you can find the content that really resonates with your audience, th there you go. Um, right. I wouldn't care if an, if an arsenal email came to my inbox, I mean, unsubscribe immediately. Don't care about it. Sorry. You don't care uh, about the, the fixtures. The match. <laughs> well done. No. Well done. Good job, Adam. Uh, so, what's yours, David? Uh, I've been getting the Chili's queso coupons my entire life. Deeply personal. I'll see, keep getting them after I'm dead. They'll never stop. They'll keep going. Well, Chili's queso coupons is the most consistent thing in my life, and uh, I, I don't think I've ever redeemed one. I don't remember the last time I redeemed one, but um, it's Good. you know really it really really something it's okay you know it's all right but those coupons man they're they're on time they're always there they never expect anything in return well they expect you to go with chilies i mean they do expect <laughs> buy their food like buy their food there are a limited number of reasons to go to chilies but i would put their queso on the list yeah it's on the list for sure uh that's it i haven't been to chilies in eight years <laughs> Wow. Okay. I think that's about right. What a, I haven't been what since a I moved point here. of bragging. My goodness. It wasn't a brag. I mean, I it was a humble like brag. Humble brag. Months. I don't know. You went to Chili's. Never mind. I have two small kids. <laughs> I was thinking it too. I was thinking it too. No, no, no. Um, I have two small kids. We're all about chain restaurants. I went to Applebee's last weekend. I'm not ashamed. It's it's your neighborhood wow, bar and grill. That's right. Wow. Um one other sorry one other email uh because i was i was looking through my work email to see which ones i pay attention to 
because I feel like this might be more useful. One other one that I really would recommend for everybody to get is, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, is called Morning Brew. And uh, I don't know why I went up in my inflection there, like Morning Brew, question mark. It's actually called Morning Brew. I'm confident of that. Um, <laughs> but it's got uh, just really good. Uh, it's kind of your roundup type of uh, email with news stories happening uh, kind of in business. And um, it's it's meant to be going back to Matt Irvin's excellent point earlier about being quick and uh, easy to read. It's got kind of bullet points for lots of different stuff that's happening and links to go dig into it if you want to. But uh, you can kind of just even just scan the email and kind of get a, a quick roundup of everything that's happened in the past day. And it does go out uh, every every day. So that's a good one to subscribe to. So, so is Speed Creative's email. Like ours is a great, is really good. Like it tells about what we're doing. It, it uh, promotes the podcast. It's yeah, really I'm good. glad you made that plug. That was nice. Thank you. Thought of it all by myself. That's a good shot. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take, by the way. And that's what email marketing is all about. That's exactly right. Well, that is it for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you're interested in the topics we covered in today's show, we have a ton of content that covers email marketing, content strategy, web design, digital marketing, and more on our blog. Head over to madebyspeak.com to check out the latest and greatest. As always, if you have questions or feedback for today's episode, we'd love to hear from you. What is the best example of email marketing you've seen? Speak is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, whichever social media platform you prefer, we are there. If you enjoyed the show, I ask you to please subscribe and leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. So for myself, our panel today, and all of us to speak, thank you for getting a little off topic with us.